Hi, and thanks for listening to another audio podcast from Creekside Community Church, Narangba, Queensland. For more information and resources, please visit our website at www.creekside.org.au. Now, in case you missed it, I got really creative last week and I wrote a little poem. And it was to help you to remember the first series of messages that, that I have here for 2023. And I remember, I, I just remember how awestruck you really were by my creativity. And so I thought, just because it was such a, a great little poem, let's read it again. Let's read it again. So for those who missed it especially, and you can be, you know, read it with passion with me. Let's put this one on the screen and, and we'll uh, read together. Here we go. Pastor Troy's Fantastic Five will help you stay spiritually alive. They will help you not only survive, but even better, you will thrive. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So reflecting on 2022, that reflection time is over. We're halfway through January, right? So reflections are over. We've hit the reset button. We're now refocusing. We're going to get focused on what's most important, on the things ahead for 2023, And those things we hope and pray are the things that God has for you and the pathway that he's designed for you um, to do this year. This year, as I've mentioned, I've made five fantastic goals, five fantastic resolutions or things that I've called my transformative habits, my transformative life habits or ways of thinking or patterns or activities. There are five simple things that you could do that could change your life for the better and make you a healthier all-round person and especially live a more spiritually vibrant life for 2023. And that's what I want to do in my life and I'm praying for you as a church family, that's what we will do. Together, we will all live more spiritually vibrant lives and be in more vital union with Christ in 2023 than what we've ever been before. Can I hear an amen? Last week, I shared number one of my fantastic five, and I began with something that we don't really talk about much in church, and the feedback afterwards was really interesting. A number of people came and said, I've never heard in my whole life as a Christian, I've never heard someone talk about that in church like that. I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? Because the Bible does talk about looking after our health, looking after our physical bodies. And so we should talk about this. We should take care of this. And so just as a little refresher, and for those who may have missed it, my number one fantastic five for this year was that, let's read it together, make small, healthy choices every day. And if you, were, if you want to not only stay alive and you not only want to survive, but you want to actually thrive in 2023, then you need to look after this one most valuable commodity that you have, which is your health. Your health really is the most valuable commodity that you have because once your health starts declining, as you know, it can affect everything around you. It can affect your relationships, it can affect what you can do, it can affect your work. And so we really do need to care for our health with what God has given us and make the, be the best stewards with this body that God has given us. And while there's quite a lot of reasons why we should look after our, our health, we looked at two very important reasons why. Remember I said that once our kids hit a certain age of understanding, then they often ask the question, well, why? They're not just going to take me telling my kids, we're going to just take um, my word for it. They're going to say, well, Dad, why? 
Why do you want me to do that? Why? And we do that as Christians too. We should say, Jesus, why? God, why should I look after my health? And we look at what the Word says. What does the Bible say about looking after this body? And we had to look at two key reasons why. And the first one was when you look after your health, your physical health, it glorifies God. In 1 Corinthians 10.31, it says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And the second reason that we focused on, on this and said why was that you look after your health, you're taking care of his temple. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you and when you received, who you received from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honour God with your bodies. So if your relationship with God is actually really important to you and you're not taking care of your health, then you really need to consider this, this number one of my fantastic five because this is going to affect your spiritual growth throughout the year. And it's going to help affect you. You need to start making small healthy choices. When it comes to my health, no one else is going to do this for me and God really wants me to do this. I have to take control of this in my life for his glory, to be his effective witness to be the best version of myself for him, to be the best version of myself for my relationships and for my family, for my children, for my ministry, for my church, for my community. I need to be at the, my best health I can be, and so I need to make small healthy choices every day. Remember why? Because we are his workmanship, because we are his masterpiece, because we are fearfully and wonderfully made and have been knit together miraculously in our mother's wombs. God has done something amazing and making us in a perfect kind of way. So we have to be good stewards of what he's given us. And not, not only that, even more importantly, he has bought us with a price, that verse says. He has given us the precious blood of Jesus Christ to buy us. So we are not our own. We have been bought with the price. I was purchased by his blood. And because I'm not my own, that means I'm now a steward of his. This body I have is his, and I am stewarding what he has given me. So I need to take it and care for it and love it and do the best I can with it. Even though, as I mentioned last week, and we all agreed, and we look in the mirror and we say, ugh, I don't know, it doesn't look that perfect, doesn't look that great. But you know what? We take what we have, and we do the best with what we have, and we make it the best we can for his glory and because it's his temple. Can I hear an amen? And you remember, as I mentioned, the snowball effect, the idea of making small, healthy choices, that when we're faithful with the little, we can be faithful with much. As we're faithful with the little choices, the little decisions we make throughout the day, over the long term, we'll look back and we'll see the changes that we've made, not just in our physical health, we started to then mention about our mental health and our emotional health and our other areas of our life, our financial health or our relational health, and that the little choices we make, the little decisions we're making each day are going to snowball and have an effect and determine the course of our life. And so it's really important we're making small, healthy choices in all these areas of our life. And so as I thought about that through the week, I thought, I want to expand on this goal a little, a little more, expand on my number one a little more. Have I got permission to do that since it's mine anyway? I want to add one little word into this, one little word that just made me think this week. I want to say this, now it's different. My number one fantastic goal is, read it with me, make small, healthy and wise choices every day. You know, if you've hit 50, like I'm almost 50, this year I turned 50, 
and uh, half a century, you can easily see for certain when you get to that age and looking back, you can start to then see for certain that the small choices that you've made in your life have directed the course of your life to lead you to where you are today. True? You don't realize that when you're young, but the small choices you make are going to determine your pathway this way or that way. Little small choices, one degree this way is going to take you way down there. Little small choice that that way, one degree is going to take you down there. So it's really important you make wise choices every day. And uh, whether it's a small healthy choice that may have affected your overall health back then and now today... You're dealing with the issues of, of that. Maybe you've got, made unhealthy choices way back then and, and you're dealing with that as we speak. Some Maybe it was a small, healthy, wise choice to choose the right partner that you ended up marrying. You built a great marriage and beautiful family. Maybe you made a very unwise choice. I won't go down that road. We'll just leave that one right there. We don't want to go down that road. But you can make small healthy choices or small unhealthy choices that are going to lead you in different directions in your life. So it's really important that we make small, healthy, wise choices. Our choices are going to determine the direction of our life. We know King Solomon tells us that all the choices that we make will determine the course of our life. And actually, there are three life-changing, wise choices that everyone can make. And I really believe God wants us to make these three choices right now. And the first of this is to commit your life to Christ and to belong to his family, the church. That's the first small... Well, actually, it's a massive choice, isn't it? A massive, healthy, wise choice you could make in your your life right now. Because if you haven't done that, I want to ask, what are you waiting for? If you have not committed your life to Christ and you don't belong to his family yet and be part of the local church, what are you waiting for? Don't wait any longer. Surrender to Jesus and be connected to the amazing family of God. That's the wisest choice you'll ever make in your life, actually. And it's not a small decision, it's big. And it will direct the rest of the course of your life because when you do surrender your life to Jesus, you basically say, Jesus, take the driver's seat and lead me through my life. So it's a very big decision, but that's the first choice, wise choice that you could make. The second thing that I believe God wants us to do right now is to commit to the habits that will help you grow spiritually. Commit to some things like we've talked about some of those, and I'm going to share another one in just a moment. Don't be a wishy-washy, lukewarm kind of Christian sitting on the fence. You can't do that. You want to spend this year and grow and grow and grow and grow. Just keep growing as a Christian. And this needs to be committed to some spiritual disciplines, some habits, some ways of living and thinking that are going to grow you. And I want you to think about where could I be by the end of this year spiritually? When I look back to where I was and I want to become all that God wants me to be this year. And how do I do that? I do that. It's no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts in God's ways of growing. You have to sit there and you have to read the word, meditate on it and pray and grow. We grow ourselves spiritually by spiritual disciplines and being committed to it. And this is the next wisest thing that we can do, apart from surrendering to Jesus, is growing and committing to the habits that will help you grow spiritually. And why is that? Because these small decisions are going to determine the course of your life as well. And it's very wise because there is no wiser guide in this planet than Jesus. There's no wiser person who can lead you through life than Christ himself. Now, the third commitment I think that we should do is to use your talents and gifts and abilities and experiences in your life 
to become a servant, to serve God, to serve God in the church, to serve others, to become, some of you have been sitting on the sidelines for way too long in, in your Christian life, in your spiritual life. And it's really time in this 2023 to get involved and get in the game and get off the sidelines, start playing alongside those who are playing and get a fresh feeling of the Holy Spirit today, right here, and say, God, what would you like me to do to engage in this body of Christ, to engage in the church, to engage in this community, to step up and become a kingdom builder with my life and make a difference? Not just plot along and just plot along. God wants us, he wants to use us and he doesn't want us to have a dulled down faith. He wants you to use your gifts and passions and abilities and your, the personality that he's given you and the ex- life experiences, the good and the bad, all the things he's done in your life have shaped you to who you are today and he wants to use you powerfully to make a difference in someone's life. And so when you make a choice to engage with God and into the church and the body of Christ, when you do that, it's really, really, really Wise choice. Why is that wise? Because the choice to engage and become a kingdom builder and to be present and to start serving and to help and to minister and to lead and to be part of community and to be active in God's kingdom and using those gifts that he's entrusted to you as a steward, that choice, that choice will, will change you. It will change you first. But God will actually use your choice, your step of faith, and it will start a reaction that will start to change other people's lives as well. And you might not even see it, but God will do it. God will use you to do something so special and so powerful that you will see somebody else's life changed as a result of it. You make a small, wise, healthy choice and use the gifts and talents that God has given you and all of a sudden there's a chain reaction as God's kingdom starts to grow through you. And I want to be part of that and I want to encourage you to be part of that. So there's three small, healthy, wise choices that you could make today, right now. Now I want to introduce you to my number two of my fantastic five and I'll try and keep this really short. Are you ready? Can we do these three things first? Yes? Yes or yes? Yes, good. All right, number two. Refresh my soul every morning. Read it with me. Refresh my soul every morning. You know, there are some really important things in life that when we are disciplined in them, the power of God is activated in our lives and we can become conduits of his love and grace and healing and become his hands and feet on a daily basis to our broken world. And this is where it starts. How can I do it? Refresh my soul every morning. And this is number two of my Fantastic Five. I've learned that when you want to thrive spiritually, you need to refresh your soul and be in God's presence daily. You can literally get through anything when you have a refreshed soul. True? You can literally get through anything when you are close to God and you have his presence in your life. That's the truth. I've found the top three ways to refresh my soul is firstly, Bible intake. Secondly, meditation on that. Thirdly, prayer. Bible intake, meditating on the word, 
and prayer. You need to understand these three things. There is a close connection between Bible intake and meditating on that, not just reading it, but thoughtfully looking at observations and applications and research study on that word, meditate on that word, and then pray that word into your life. There's a close connection to refreshing your soul by doing this. It's a very simple practice. And so right now is the time. At the start of this year, we're making some New Year's kind of resolutions to make some small, healthy, wise choice right now and say, I could commit to this five minutes a day to start with. And you might say, no, I could do this for 55 minutes a day to start with. Whatever it is for you, you need to spend some quality time on a TOG. You know what a TOG is? A T-A-W-G. A time alone with God. Commit five minutes a day of time alone with God. When you op- open your eyes before you, or you swing your legs out of your bed and get up, rise up, that's how I'm going to spend the first five minutes on a TOG. Time alone with God. I'm going to read something of God's Word and think about it and soap on it. It's my spirit, scripture, observation, application, prayer. I'm going to meditate on it and then I'm going to pray that Word and I'm going to refresh my soul every morning. If you're not already doing it, now is the time to start doing it. Jesus said in Luke 18, 1, he said, Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and they shouldn't give up. Some of you have given up on this practice. Some of you maybe got lazy or too busy or too focused on other things and other things took priority. Well, you know what? So you can say, Troy, my life's just too busy. You just don't know what my life's like of the kids and the work and that I've got no time left in the day. Well, so if you're that busy, then you've, you, you're too busy not to pray. You're busy, too busy not to do these things. You really need to refresh your soul every day. And it's best to do it in the morning, and I'll show you why in just a moment. So we need to get started on our day this way. We need to pray, and I really believe it's the business of Christians. This is something that sets us apart. As Christians, we should be in the business of praying in this way to Jesus, to be devoted to the Word, to meditate on it. God wants us to have this. Not only does this want us to have this, but to meditate and pray, but... It's in our best interest to do so. The scripture says in Hebrews 4.16, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace and help so that he will help us in our time of need. See, God wants to give us mercy and grace and he wants to bless us. He wants to meet us and be in deep conversation with us throughout the day. He wants us to have his presence in our life for in those times of need we can get through anything. He wants us to be refreshed. He wants our souls to be refreshed every morning so we can have his mercy and his grace. Jesus modelled it really well. He said in Luke 5.16, it says, Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Why did Jesus withdraw and pray like that? Because he needed to. Because he knew that God wanted him to because he knew it was the, the business to be, to be in, to be knowing the word and meditating and thinking and praying to God. He knew that's what it was all about. David knew the benefit of meditating on the word. In Psalm 135, he said, I wait for the Lord. My soul waits, and in his word I hope. You know, anyone can do this. Any of us could spend five minutes, ten minutes, at the start of the day, first thing in the morning, we could make that a priority and put this at the top 
of the list instead of our other priorities or things that start the massive to-do list that gets overwhelming and goes crazy throughout the day that, and then all of a sudden God gets kind of pushed out of the day. Imagine if we started the day this way. And with that in mind, for those of you who are already doing a time alone with God in the day, I want to help us understand why the morning is so important. I want to give you a little secret to making your time alone with God even more powerful and effective. And this is what I'm challenging myself with as my number two for 2023. I'm convinced the number one thing we need to do specifically to enhance our time alone with God and refresh our souls is to do it in the morning. It's to change my morning routine with this in mind, to include some time alone with God instead of checking Facebook first, I check God's book first. Hello? I just believe this now is getting stronger in me I need to begin to change my life for the better by checking what God's book says about me first up. I don't know about you, but I found my morning sets a course for the whole day. And I want to get better and better at this. You know, there's a lot of business entrepreneurs and and, great successful leaders that I've read and heard about that they have really great morning routines and they focus on the morning because they know that's what's going to set them up for success in their businesses and in their lives. How much more important is that for a Christian? To be set up spiritually focused and be set up to be activated and spiritually alive for the day ahead and what God wants to do in your life. So refreshing your soul in the morning and having some daily Bible intake and meditation and and journaling and and praying on that. It's the best thing we can do before our daily distractions come in and take over. Psalm 143 verse 8. It says, let, mor- let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. Isn't that beautiful? Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I have put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go. For to you I entrust my life. He's saying, God, show me what I should do this day. What's the rest of my day look like? I want to put my trust in you. God wants to speak to you in the morning. He wants to direct your day in the morning. He wants to be part of it from the very beginning and all the way through to the evening. Have you noticed that the further into the day you get, the more overwhelmed you get with those never-ending lists of to-do lists? Well, this is a way of making sure that doesn't happen by prioritising. This one little change in your daily habit is going to form a foundation in your spiritual life. This little tweak is going to change your life. Guarantee it. Refreshing your soul as a priority in the morning. Listen to the words from the psalmist, David, who got this. He said in Psalm 90, 14, Satisfy us in the morning with your loyal love. Then we will shout for joy and be happy all our days. God wants to satisfy us, refresh our soul. When? When? In the morning. So we can be joyful and happy when? All day long. Yes. What about this one in Psalm 5 verse 3? In the morning, O Lord, hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my needs in front of you and I wait. God wants to listen to us. When, church? Oh, hear our needs and answer our prayers. When? All day long. Oh, 
He wants the whole day to be focused on him. What about this one in Psalm 119, 147? He says, I rise before dawn and I cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. God wants us to get into his word. When, church? In the morning. So it can affect the way we live our whole day out because he wants to help us all day long. What about this in Psalm 59, 16? But as for me, I will sing about your, your power. Each morning I will sing with joy about your unfailing love, for you have been my refuge, a place of safety when I am in distress. God wants me to lean into him, when church? In the morning. So he becomes my safe refuge, when? All day long. Oh, he wants to walk through the day with me. He wants me to walk with him moment by moment through the day, and it starts in the morning. The moment I open my eyes, all day long and into the evening. Your morning, church, sets the foundation for your day. I want you to think about that. What does your morning routine look like? What does your morning routine look like? And I really want you to think and pray about that this week. I want you to make a small, healthy, wise choice this week and start tweaking your morning routine. And whatever that means for you, you know what that means. And start thinking about what these scriptures are saying. Um, I invite the band up at this time. We're going we're to continue on and have a song to finish up, but uh, maybe we could have a prayer together. Can we all stand together? Number one, make small, healthy, wise choices each day. Number two, refresh your soul every morning. And uh, when we come back together next week, I'm going to bring fantastic point number five. No, number three of the fantastic five. And I just know already it will be very challenging and very powerful because I know how much it's touching my heart already this year. Um, let's pray together. Maybe, um, Tim, would you come up and lead us in a prayer? Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are good to us. Thank you that you promised um, the goodness of your word and when we dwell on it in the morning and we commit ourselves to you each morning, that you are there, you're present, you're with us. We thank you for that, Lord, and we thank you that your presence is with us now as a church, Lord. And we pray as we lift our voices to you that we will um, have a heart that is longing for your presence and wanting to give you praise and glory today and tomorrow and Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, every day of the week. Lord, we pray in Jesus' name.